No Exit with Nicholas Corys contains explicit language and content. Listener discretion is advised. The cold air crept through the cracks and seams of the stone walls. The constant fire in the hearth usually kept things warm, but during the length of the winter months, that same cold air seemed to seep into one's bones and stay until spring. The sun hadn't quite risen to peak behind the gray clouds yet, but Elliot was awake with the sound of the rain pattering against the straw roof. His body shivered and his teeth chattered while he slunk out of bed to add more wood to the fire. A shadow stretched across the wall as Martha, his wife, sleepily stood from the bed and dressed in her heavy winter gown. She gave him a lazy smile and kissed his cheek as he pulled on his boots and then searched through their stores to prepare breakfast. Agnes was on about the witch in the woods again. Martha said as she picked at her barley bread before putting a piece in her mouth. Oh, what's that old hag up to this time? What's that witch done to her now? Elliot chuckled, already anticipating another ludicrous story. She's frightened, Elliot. She saw shadows around the well and a certain figure with a black cloak was in the trees. Since that day she's had particular aches and she says she feels brittle. She's old as dirt, of course she's brittle. Martha looked down at the last piece of bread in her hand. I'm not quite sure, Elliot. Something seems off lately. Oh, hell, not you too now. He all but rolled his eyes at her leery comment. The chill in the air is different, she continued. Something along the trees seems off. I hear whispers from the townsfolk of strange things happening. Livestock dying, children falling ill, animals torn to shreds in the woods. Those things happen all the time, love. He reached across the table and patted the back of her hand as a gesture of comfort. It's winter. Livestock starve and children get ill from the cold. There are wolves in those woods so half-eaten animals aren't unheard of. Don't listen to the stories the old women pass around because they've got nothing better to do. She gave a small nod of compliance and they finished off their breakfast. Preparing for their daily chores, they bundled up in their heavy wool cloaks and let the slight chill inside the stone walls for the biting cold outside. Elliot stood at the tree line, scanning the clustered dead vegetation with his eyes. Firewood was his first task for today, though no doubt the dampness in the air would make that difficult. He would never admit it out loud, but when his wife spoke of Agnes's stories, it always gave him an eerie feeling. Rumors amongst the townspeople always had the occasional whispers of witches intertwined with the normal town gossip. Although he normally paid it no mind, his wife was right. Things had felt odd lately. He had heard the butcher describe a cow that was found dead on his land. Its eyes were missing and coagulated blood gathered along the edges of long slashes in its flesh. Though the residue of old blood was there along the wounds, there was no blood anywhere else. Even stranger, the deep gashes seemed organized in some way. Not quite a letter or image, but the layout seemed somehow intentional. The pale skin and frightened eyes of the butcher as he told this story flashed in his mind. He shut his eyes tight and shook the thought from his head. Just animals, he muttered to himself before trudging into the woods. He didn't get far before coming to a dead tree, a needed addition to his woodpile for the approaching snow. He raised his axe and swung hard. The hollow echo of the iron against the dead wood rang in his ears and the handle vibrated in his palms with each hit. 
The faint sounds of the crunch of leaves and the silence between the thud of the axe registered to him. He stopped mid-swing and turned around in an instant, axe held high and ready to swing. Agnes, you damned old hag! Don't you know better than to sneak up on people? He let out a relieved sigh and lowered his axe upon seeing the old, frail woman wrapped in her thick cloak approaching him from a fair distance away. She didn't speak. She didn't look up from the damp ground as she walked. Oi, you hear me, old woman? He shouted to her. He cautiously put down his axe and started to walk towards her. The crunch of the leaves between her slow, shuffled steps got louder until they both stopped just close enough to make out each other's face a little bit more clearly, though Agnes still had her head lowered and her hood up. Agnes, he said. That eerie feeling crept over him again, and his voice nearly faltered. She slowly lifted her chin in response, and her eyes met his. Her dark eyes contrasted her pale skin and were nearly the same color as the shadows cast under her hollow cheekbones and sunken eyes. I did it. She spoke in her soft, raspy voice. The proclamation came out as a sob. He lives. What? Who? Elliot said, taking a cautious step forward towards her. My grandson. He lives. He's been with a fever all this time, and now it's gone. The happy news didn't seem to match her pink-rimmed eyes and sallow-looking state. Well, that's wonderful news, he answered, wondering why she had wandered into the woods alone. I figured out what she wants. Who? The witch. She nearly whispered, almost afraid to say it out loud. There's no witch, Agnes. Come on, then. Let's get you back home. He reached for her elbow to help guide her back, but she jerked her cloak and covered her body quickly. There is, she cried, and I've paid her price for my grandson's life. His brow furrowed, and he stared at her in confusion. Look, she said as she pushed her arms out from the cloak. She faced him and held out a satchel. He cautiously took it from her, untied the leather straps, and peered inside. He jumped back with a gasp, the satchel falling from his hand, spilling the contents amongst the dead leaves. What, what, what is this? He said as he backed away. A smile crept over her face. Her lips stretched wide with amusement, and her pale pink toothless gums were on display and full of dark, gaping holes rimmed with blood where her teeth once were. The curse can be undone with payment. She knelt as she sorted through the leaves and dirt to collect the teeth that spilled from the satchel. Far too many for one mouth. Who, whose teeth are those? Elliot trembled. Mine, my husband, my children, my grandchildren. You, you, you took them? I collected them. Look around, Elliot. It's happening everywhere. There's a curse upon us all. Soon your teeth will wiggle and bleed just like ours did until you pluck them from your gums. She's demanding them. And if you don't do as she commands, more of us will die. Our children will die. All of our livestock will be consumed. Things are just lurking beyond our sweet little town, waiting to feast on more than just our cows and pigs, Elliot. 
He found himself again at the dead tree with his hand wrapped around the handle of his axe. He backed away as she still collected the teeth scattered on the ground. The breeze through the trees carried an unearthly shriek that made his heart race and carried his feet to a full sprint towards his home. By the time he had reached home, the strenuous run had made his lungs burn with every inhalation. Droplets of sweat fell from his hairline and streaked down his face. When their meager stone house with the straw roof came into view, his run turned into a walk. It looked just as it looked on any other day. He didn't know what he had expected to see, but everything seemed calm and quiet. He let out a soft chuckle as he wiped the sweat from his face. He could only laugh at himself for thinking that old woman was anything but crazy. His feet carried him over the damp earth, past the chickens and their only goat who chewed on straws and watched him walk towards the house. Martha, he called out for his wife before settling down his axe outside and pushing past the flap of leather covering the entrance. He saw her there inside, sitting on their lumpy, straw-filled bed with her back turned to him. The light from the entrance highlighted her figure for a moment as he came in and then tucked her back into the dim shadows where the leather flap fell back into place. <sighs> that old hag is completely insane. You'll never guess what just happened. He was eager to tell his wife of the unbelievable incident that had just happened and continued his story as he hung his cloak and pulled off his damp boots. She came to me while I was chopping wood. I hadn't seen the old hag before she got close enough to scare the devil out of me. He sat near the fire to warm his hands. She came on babbling about a witch and her grandson being sick. Something about giving her teeth as payment. Her family's teeth, too. She had a purse full of teeth. Oof. He looked toward his wife as he rubbed his hands together in front of the fire. Her back was still turned to him, and she didn't make a sound. Did you hear me? I don't want to be talking to her anymore. She's getting crazier by the day. She still didn't answer. Martha... He looked and walked towards her. You're all right, love. He reached out and put his hand on her shoulder. He could feel her body flinch at his touch. Her head slowly turned up and looked at him. Elliot. Her eyes were puffy and pink. A tinge of dark red lined the inner part of her lips. What's happening to me? She let out a sob as she held her cupped hands up to him. Teeth. Her hands held teeth covered in vibrant red. Her lips parted as she sobbed, and it revealed her bloody, toothless mouth. Her face looked gaunt from her now hollowed cheeks. Can't be, he said, shaking his head. It must be. Look at me, she cried. What will happen to me, Elliot? Is this how the curse begins? I don't want to die. Fresh tears pooled and glistened at the rims of her eyes as she looked up at him with an expression of terror and despair. He clamped his mouth and clenched his jaw. You won't die. He kissed her on the forehead before walking out and picking up his axe. He stood among the trees where he had been earlier. The uneasy feeling he had before had twisted into one of panic and desperation. He had no idea where he was going. He wasn't even certain of what he was searching for. He was hoping the old woman was still picking up the teeth that had scattered on the ground so he could follow her to where she had been taking them, even if he still couldn't convince himself that where she was going was even a real place. 
It didn't matter what he knew or couldn't understand at this point. His need for answers was far less important than his need to do something before things got worse. For Martha, for himself, and maybe for the whole town. Agnes was nowhere. He spent hours searching the area where he had last seen her, and his voice felt strained from calling out to her. The sun was setting by now, and the little light that had shone through the dark clouds was fading. The misty gray of the forest was slowly turning into a cold black, and his arms grew tired from switching hands to carry the weighty axe. The dampness from the earth began to soak through his boots, and his toes felt like ice, but still he carried himself further into the woods. With his vision dulled by the night sky, his ears worked harder, but by that time it was too late to notice that the sound of the gentle flow of the creek was no longer close. In fact, he couldn't hear it at all. Damn it! His hot breath was visible in the cold as he shouted. He was lost. He squinted his eyes and scanned the trees as best he could, hoping to make out anything familiar. Just then, a shadow blacker than the woods were dark burst across his field of vision and disappeared just as quickly. His head swiveled back and forth and his heart felt as if it would beat out of his chest while he looked for whatever the shadow could have belonged to. And then he was on the ground. Even though his toes felt frozen, he could feel the biting ache from where his foot met whatever thing he had tripped over. He could also feel the warm blood trickle down his forehead from the lump he took to the skull. He groaned and held his palm against his head, hoping the injury wasn't too bad. The cold ground seemed to have sucked out whatever warmth he had left in him, so his teeth chattered and his body started to shake. The odd crunching sound that came when his teeth clicked together made his worry turn from the wound on his head to the one in his mouth. He carefully nudged a tooth with his tongue and felt it wiggle. His hands came to his open mouth, and his thumb and index finger lightly grasped around the one of his front teeth. With the most gentle tug, the tooth was now in the palm of his hand, his mouth pooling with blood and trickling out the side of his mouth where it had come from. His head spun. It was either from hitting his head or the tooth in his hand. He didn't know. His vision went black and his body went limp before he could even begin to guess what was to happen next. His fingers and toes had that stinging feeling that comes from warming up after being in the cold for too long. His shoulders ached and his head drooped to one side, making the muscles in his neck tense and stiff. He could still smell the damp earth, but the scent was laced with herbs and rot. The drowsiness made it hard to open his eyes, but when he did, he couldn't see much in the dark room anyway. A hoarse voice came from across the room before a spark ignited the wood piled up in the hearth. All at once he flinched in surprise, and a sharp pain that shot through his neck and shoulder. His instinctual reaction was to curl in on himself, but met resistance by his bound wrist that secured his arms over his head. Out of panic, he tried to yank his arms free, but cried out when the pain only intensified. What is this? Who are you? He demanded from the silhouette next to the fire. The growing flames started to illuminate the one-room shanty. It was cramped and musty-smelling. Plants were hung from beams across the room to dry. Countless bottles and jars lined a dilapidated shelf across one wall, and a stockpile of wood towered on another with a small mound of cloth tucked into a corner which looked to be a bed. The silhouette had become more clear now. 
thin arms reached out of the sleeves of a tattered and dirty gauze gown to throw more wood onto the flames. Her dark hair was wild and messy, but he couldn't see her face behind the clump of a braid that cascaded over her shoulder. Long fingers bunched and tied a bundle of plants, and she hummed a raspy melody while she worked. Are you the witch? He asked cautiously, still unsure if it was him that was losing his mind now, perhaps. She didn't answer him. She didn't even look towards him as she gathered the small clay pots and jars. She dumped a foul-smelling liquid into a hazy goo and swirled her finger around in the mixture. She painted lines with the concoction down her cheeks and around her eyes. Shapes and swirls formed along her neck and across her collarbone as she drew them on with her finger. Please, my wife, she's ill. Agnes told me that you... Silence! The harsh voice spoke. It wasn't a shout or even very loud, but something about the empty, hollow sound made him snap his mouth shut. Her body was cloaked in flowing fabric that eerily seemed like it flowed to her as she walked toward him. She could smell her before he could see her face clearly. He recalled a time when he had heard wolves howling in the woods not far from home. The howls turned to yelps and painful cries. Many days later, while he was in the woods, he came across a deer that looked to have been their prey. Its throat was shredded and the innards spilled out from its abdomen. He didn't know what happened to the wolves, but something must have chased them off and left the deer. Flies clung to the scent of its long dead flesh. The meat was blackened and maggots burrowed in through its matted fur into its skin. The smell emanating from the woman in front of him was exactly the same. His eyes watered and he tried to hold his breath to keep from gagging. They were face to face now, and he froze when their eyes met. Behind the dark smudges, her skin was a youthful and smooth, deep caramel, but her eyes were a vibrant gold. Her full lips spread into a brilliant smile as her fingers caressed his neck and across his lips. She pushed her fingers into his mouth and plucked out one of his teeth as easily as if she were plucking a flower from the ground. The brilliant smile was now a wicked grin as she examined the tooth in her delicate hand. He gasped and choked on the dense air and the blood started to fill his mouth. Yes, this will do fine, I suppose. The voice of a woman that had lived many years came from the girl with the face of an innocent youth. The shocking strength of her fingers cupped his jaw and pulled his mouth open. He screamed in terror as she plucked another tooth from his gums, then another and another, until only a few teeth remained in his mouth. Why are you doing this? He cried. Please, let me go. She ignored his cries and went back to her plants and jars. She arranged his teeth in front of the fire and placed candles in a circle in the center of the room before sitting right in the middle. His heart was racing as he watched her pick up her bundle of plants and light it on fire. She placed it in a bowl in front of her, and white smoke started to swirl around her and fill the room. She hummed a familiar faint melody once again. The air changed and felt heavy, while her voice got louder. In a panic, he struggled with his bindings and pulled and yanked at whatever his hands were tied to. The rope felt frayed, and he pushed his wrists in opposite directions to try and break it. The flames on the candles and the fire in the hearth grew stronger. Her humming turned into a chanting. 
He could just barely make her out through the smoke, sitting cross-legged, bellowing the melodic phrases and swaying with the burning plant now resting in her open palms. The ropes around his wrists snapped and he fell forward onto the ground. Pain shot through his neck and his arms felt weak as he struggled to push himself up. It sounded as though a storm was brewing right inside the room. Wind rushed past his ears and he carried the sound of her loud, desperate call to something unknown. He crouched on the floor in fear but summoned the courage to creep toward her. Through the smoke he could see her back, her long matted hair now loose around her shoulders. Closer, just a little bit closer, he told himself. He ignored the pain and stretched his arms out in front of him, one arm wrapped around her neck from behind, holding her close, pulling her into him. His bicep pressed against her throat and with his other arm pulled for leverage. As he squeezed, her chant turned into a strangled shriek unlike that he had ever heard of. The whole weight of his body pulled backward to tighten the hold on her neck. She struggled and gasped for air as her nails shredded into the skin of his forearm. Her legs stretched out and kicked the air as she tried to free herself. The candles that surrounded them were knocked over in the struggle. In an instant, flames ignited the dried plants and the wood piled in the room. Her back was cradled against his chest as he squeezed his arm around her neck, and she fought and clawed and struggled for her life. Every part of his body screamed in pain. He couldn't find the strength to hold on much longer. The flames surrounded them now, and his eyes darted around the room for anything that might help until they landed just by the door on that familiar axe that he had trudged through the woods with. In a quick movement, his arms released her and shoved her away. She coughed and gagged as she rolled on the floor, gasping her throat and struggling for air. He lunged toward the axe near the door, but she was already up behind him, screaming and reaching out for him. He grabbed the axe and spun it with it outstretched. The blade met with the flesh of her upper arm and buried it deep into her skin. She stumbled and screeched in agony. He yanked the blade free, pushed himself out through the door, and spun to slam his shoulder against the wood to close it. He could hear her clawing at the door and screaming from the other side as he put his weight against it to keep it shut. You imbecile, she screamed. You have killed everyone. Smoke poured out from the cracks of the door. You've stopped the ritual, and now hell will be unleashed upon you all. She threw herself against the door to try and open it. It was a protection spell. Without me, there will be nothing to stop them. Her hoarse voice could barely choke out the words by now. Her curses turned to begging, and her body weakly pressed against the door as the flames grew bigger. Elliot barred the door with the handle of the axe and stood back as the small house was consumed in flames and the witch's cries had stopped. His body felt heavy with exhaustion, but he trudged along the path towards home. The pitch black night was turning into the dull gray of dawn but he was eager to make it home to his wife to see her safe and sound. There was no more curse. She wouldn't have to offer payment to a witch to get better. They were going to be okay. His house came into view and the same quiet calm from before had blanketed everything around him. The chickens weren't out. The goat that always watched him come back home wasn't there as well. His heart sank 
with a little worry when he stood in front of the house and didn't hear Martha inside. A shadow stretched across the wall as he pushed the leather flap aside. The dim sunlight of the morning crept inside to illuminate the complete horror in front of him. Martha lay back on the bed with her eyes open wide and rolled into the back of her head. He didn't make a sound, but a faint, wet crunch filled the small space. A black, hunched figure with long spikes down its back towered over Martha's body. Its claws were dug into her abdomen, stretching and spreading open the skin of her stomach, while the thing's narrow snout was buried in the intestines that spilled out. Elliot's hands shook and he quickly closed the leather flap. Without a sound, he turned to run, but as he did, a dark figure flashed through his field of vision and he was knocked on his back. He screamed when he felt the claws dig into his shoulder and pin him down. His voice was abruptly cut off when its teeth chomped at his throat. He felt the claws rake down his chest and puncture his stomach and rip off his skin that came after. He couldn't tell if the blackness of the figure on top of him covered his sight or if his vision was fading. He could still hear, though. He could hear the thing's teeth rip through his innards. He could hear in the distance the scream of hundreds of people from the town while they succumbed to the same fate. You have been listening to Pluck Them From Your Gums Written by Genevieve LaRue Performed by myself Background ambience provided by TabletopAudio.com Support them at TabletopAudio.com End music provided by BenSound.com Follow me on Instagram at NicholasNoExit You have been listening to No Exit with Nicholas Corys A special thanks to Genevieve LaRue Stay spooky, weirdos. 